הרצועת הדף מ"א עמוד ב' ומ"ב עמוד א', Strategy and Values, קאט חנפים. One of the things that I teach a lot in, in business leadership is the importance of being able to be at the same time consistent and enduring in the area of values and agile and flexible in the area of strategies. If one isn't agile in strategy, then one becomes uh, irrelevant. Uh, but if one is agile in the area of values, you, you lack integrity, there's nothing consistent. So to be able to be consistent in values and agile in strategies is key, not only to business success, but it's our lives or that. We've got to be able to be flexible and agile. Jews have been exceptional at that. Our ability to go from one country to another, from one culture to another, and to adjust is because we know how to adjust strategies quickly. But we're able to adjust strategies without changing our values. When the uh, Eastern European Godoli Israel came to, to the United States, they learned how to adjust strategically to what America needed, but they didn't change their values. Uh, they remained the same pre- people, teaching the same values, living the same principles, and that's key to success. Uh, and a lot of when, when Machlokis did arise, a lot of it was around that issue. Is this just strategy you're changing, or are you beginning to change values. It, within the House of Brisk, that was, a, that was an issue with Rabbi Yosheh Be'er Soloveitchik in America adopting modern orthodoxy uh, and his cousins in Yerushalayim being very anti-Zionist at the time. The, the question wasn't, is this the right strategy or not? Rabbi Yosheh Be'er Soloveitchik said, this is a strategy you need in the United States. If you're not going to speak the modern language, you're not going to have anything at all. Um, and their question was, yes, but are you just adapting strategy or are you changing values? Uh, and, and being able to make that distinction is so important. A, an investor told me yesterday that whereas the, the, over the last 20 years he invested in bright young people who had good ideas. Now he's interested in experienced older pe- people. Uh, and, uh, and he says change his investment strategy. Why? Because bright young people have never worked in an environment where you've had to pay for money before. Uh, they don't know what it is to have to make strategic decisions. When money is free, you don't have to make a strategic decision. You have a good idea, you have an inspirational presentation, people will throw money at you. That's been the last 15 years. You don't have to, you don't have, to have been a chochem to have made money over the last 15 years. The, uh, but now it's different. Now money costs, so everything becomes a strategic choice. Should I use my money for this or should I use my money for that? And, uh, and, and so he's changed his investment strategy, but not his values. Uh, and understanding this is so important. How do we learn that principle from our Gemara? Let's have a look and see. Firstly, there's some psukim. There's a posuk in Eov where Eov's talking to his friends and he accuses his friends of flattering the Rebbein Shalom. You're just saying what you think a from person should be saying. You're not really challenging Hashem. I'm asking challenging existential questions about why I'm suffering uh, when I'm not aware of anything that I've done wrong. That's a question to challenge Hashem with. And you're giving me all these platitudes about how it works. You're giving me all the standard religious answers. Uh, you're, you're, you're just a flatterer. Um, and who lili shu Hashem is going to save me because I'm not flattering him. And Hashem values people who don't flatter him, but who challenge him. Because a flatterer doesn't come before Hashem. Yeshayahu says, Lo od nadiv. Be careful not to call a bad person a generous person. And to a mean person, don't talk to him as a, as a, also as a, as a generous kind of a person. Don't give people credit for what isn't true. Be careful how you praise people. Uh, 
And yet, on the other hand, we have Yaakov meeting Esav, and he says to him, to my master Esav, when he finally meets him and he sends him all these gifts and he speaks to him in this honorable language, when I see your face, it's as if I'm seeing an angel. So please accept my gifts. And Rashi says, what does that mean? It means, When I see your face, it's as important to me as when I saw the angel. I saw your angel, the Sarah Esav, just a short while ago. And seeing you in the flesh is as important and valuable to me as seeing an angel. What gives Yaakov the right to say that to Esav HaRasha? Says Rashi, So why does he mention that to Esav? To intimidate Esav. This was a strategy. This wasn't a value. He wasn't saying, I admire you, Yosef. Esav. When you admire a person, you're expressing a value. Do you admire tzaddikim or do you admire rishoyim? Do you admire talmidei chachomim or do you admire um, uh, amaratzim? Who you admire says a whole lot about who you are. When children have posters of, of sports idols and, and celebrities on their walls, that says something about the children's upbringing. If they have pictures of tzaddikim and, and gedoli Israel on the wall, it says something different about their upbringing. That's a value. Who you've got up on your wall is a value. So was this a value? No, says Rashi. This wasn't a value. He's not saying, I think you're a great man, Esav. This was to intimidate Esav. It was a strategy. So here we begin to see the difference between a value and a strategy, and we'll see the source for Rashi in, in our Gemara. Where the Gemara said in, says in, uh, on our Omud, There are four groups of people who Hashem will not accept it. Hashem won't, won't speak to them, won't relate to these four people. And interesting, it doesn't say Mechalele Shabbos and Oichli Trefus. It doesn't say that. Who are the four groups of people that Hashem won't relate to? Kat Leitzim, people who are cynical, they, they, mock, they make mockery. Vekat Chanefim, people who are um, flatterers. Vekat Shikorim, people who are dishonest. Vekat Musapri Loshonara. Those are the people that the Rebbein Hashem doesn't accept before him. What is kat chanefim? Dichtiv kilo lefanav chanef yavo. That's the posuk from Eiv that we learned. But the Mishnah says, this Gemara we've got on Membeis and Madalaf, but the Mishnah, a, a, a daf before that, tells us the story of Agrippus HaMelech. So Agrippus HaMelech was at the, at the end of the period of the second bias. And his, uh, his mother was Jewish, but his father came from non-Jewish backgrounds. He was descended from slaves, and he shouldn't have been a, ki- a king. But, but the Romans made him a king, and the Jews accepted him. They had no choice. And he used to read the Kriya on Yom Kippur, as, as we've learned. And when he got to the posuk of, You may not appoint as a king over you a foreign person. His eyes used to tear because he realized he fitted into that category. Omrullah, they said to him, Altitere Agrippus. Agrippus, don't worry, calm down. Achinu ata, achinu ata, you're our brother, you're our brother. Now that's flattery. Agrippus wasn't exactly a tzaddik, says the Gemara on the next Omud. Says the Tana Mashmed Rabbi Nosson, At that time, the Jewish people deserved destruction. It was such a bad thing that they politicized Agrippus and that they, they um, uh, complimented Agrippus. Shechinifu lo la Agrippus. Dor Rabbi Yudah bar Marvo. 
ויתאמר רבי שומי בן פזי, מותר להחניף לרשעים בעולם הזה. However, it is permitted to flatter wicked people in this world, in העולם הזה. When you're engaged in strategic issues, operating in the world, there are times when you've got to flatter a wicked person. And it's מותר, you're allowed to do that. And it brings various proofs, including the proof from Yaakov and Esav. So you see that there were times when Yaakov was willing to flatter Esav, although Esav is a Rosha. Even though the Gemara says at the bottom of If you flatter your enemy, eventually he will conquer you. Don't think you're gaining strength by flattering a person. By flattering a person, you're becoming weaker. At the end, he will manipulate and he will utilize, exploit your weakness. Flattery is a weakness, it's not a strength. Nevertheless, says Tosfus on the next page of the source sheets. Yesh lefaresh lo b'makom sakana, v'al b'makom sakana mutar. That's talking about where there is no danger. But if there is danger, then you're allowed to be machan, if you're, you're allowed to do that. Um, and there's the case in the Dorim that we learned not so long ago, where Ula was going to Israel and he took two people with him, and the two people got into an argument, and the strong one, the real the bully, killed his friend. And then he said to Ula, did I do well? What do you think of me? I've just killed my friend. Was that okay? Will you give me a hetter for that? Amalein, he said, yes, you've, you've done very well. And he kind of opened this person's neck further and said, finish off the job properly. You've done very well. When he came to Rabbi Yochanan in Eretz Yisrael, he said, Rabbi Yochanan, this is the story. This is what happened. Maybe I did a terrible thing by encouraging this, this gangster and saying something positive to him. Says Rabbi Yochanan, you saved your life. So that was a strategy. You didn't say it because you believed it. It wasn't a value. You didn't say you're a bully, you're a murderer, and I love what you did. You did that's not what you were saying. You were saying, I'm terrified of you. And I'll tell you, you did okay. It's already done. I'm, it's not going to make any kind of a difference. I'll tell you, you've done okay in order that I, you should leave me alone. So it's a strategy. It's not a value. We see in the whole sugya, I want to show you how you extract from the sugya. Although this, this piece of Gomorrah is talking about flattery, and it's a very important piece of Gomorrah, just in terms of the flattery and how serious flattery is. Um, but in understanding the guidelines of when yes and when no, and how to and how not to, one begins to understand that principle to flatter as a strategy to, to save your life is okay, but be careful that you're not do, treating it as a value. And Rabbeinu Yona Paskins in Shari Tshuva. Shari Tshuva is a safe Rabbeinu Yona. Migurindi was uh, 13th century. He was a, a Rebbe of the Rashbo. He was a Talmud of the Ramban. Um, uh, he, in fact, became a Mechutan of the Ramban. He was very close to the Ramban. And he took part in the Machlokis against the Rambam and, and, and really opposed the Rambam very seriously. Later on, he had terrible charoti, he had terrible regrets that he opposed the, the Rambam, and he wanted to go to the Rambam's grave to ask Mechila, and he wrote Shari Tshuva as part of his Tshuva process. And thereon, whenever he gave a shir, he would quote the Rambam with a lot of respect to try and correct what he'd done wrong. And Shari Tshuva is like a Shulchan on on Midas. It's a Shulchan on, on Musa. There are three classical Musas for him that everybody has to learn and know. The Mesilis Yishorim, the Chovos Halavovos, and the Shari Tshuva. Those are the three foundations of, of Musa, of, of Jewish behavior. 
Uh, if one doesn't know that, it's hard to live. It's hard to practice being Jewish. What, what do you know? You know the, the Shulchan Aruch tells you the actions you've got to do. But what about the Chovos Halavovos? What about the heart? What about the feelings? What about the inner place? How do you relate to Hashem? How do you relate to people? How do you relate to the Torah? Those are the three Sforim that, that one needs to know. And in the third Shire of Shari Truva, he goes through some, some very important principles with respect to mitzvahs, to, to halachas. And he has a section on the, the, the kitim, these four groups that Hashem doesn't accept. And he has a section for each of them. And this comes from the section on Kat Hanefim, the, the group of people who are flatterers. And he says, If a person honors a wicked person for purposes of peace, he doesn't praise the wickedness. He just deals with him in a, in, in, in a, in a reasonable way. The reason that he's, he's got to make it clear that in honoring this person, it's not because I approve of his values. Uh, it was the famous story when the Chazanish received Ben-Gurion. And Ben-Gurion at that time had some really bad values. He had some very wonderful qualities, but he had some really bad values uh, from, a, from a Torah perspective. And people said to the Chazanish, how come you were willing to receive, the, uh, to receive Ben-Gurion? Uh, and, uh, and the Chazanish says, I took my glasses off. I couldn't even see him because the Chazanish had very poor vision. He said, you will have noticed when he came in, I took my glasses off. And part of the reason for him taking his glasses off is to demonstrate to people that although he's showing him honor, it's in his role as the prime minister. It's because he has the power to, to make a difference to, to yeshiva boys. And that, that meeting led to the fact that uh, that the yeshiva bochrim were, were, were released from, from army duty, which at that point was incredibly important for the re-establishment of Torah in Eretz Israel. And it was that meeting, but he took his glasses off to demonstrate, I'm not approving of the man. I'm not approving of his values and his beliefs. I've got to do this. He's the prime minister. He has the authority and the power, and I've got to honor him. Says the, the Shari Tshuva, that's allowed. As long as it's clear from your actions that it's not a value, you're not endorsing the person's belief systems. You're not endorsing the, people, the person's lifestyle. You're honoring him. You're respecting him because of the position he has. The same way as you're courteous to a wealthy person. Because you want him to do, you want to do a deal. You're having a business conversation with a wealthy person who's not the, who's not the, the, the straightest of people and he's not a religious person and he maybe doesn't believe in Hashem altogether. And you still, you have a business relationship and you treat him well and you treat him with honor. Why? Clearly, because you want to do the deal. How are you going to do the deal if you don't treat him well? That's all allowed. That's strategy. Strategy is agile. Strategy, you adapt. That's how you become successful. This is permitted. You can't change him. You can't change his life. You can't turn him into a tzaddik. But be cautious, warns the Chayyotshuva. Don't talk well of him to other people. That you have to honor him in the moment. Yes, that's strategically wise. That you've got to show him respect in the moment. Yes, that's strategically important. But you don't have to go to other people and say, ah, I had this wonderful meeting with so-and-so and he was 
That you don't have to do. Don't do anything that demonstrates that you endorse the other person's values. If the other person is not a, an integrous person, if the other person is not a tzaddik, if the other person is not a balmidus, if the other person is not a believer in Hashem, don't endorse him in a way that makes it seem as if you are aligned with his values. So there's no reason to praise him or her to other people. But in your dealings with that person, Absolutely. And so we need to understand the difference between strategy and values. Strategies have to be agile and ever-changing because that's what makes a person successful, the ability to adapt and modify their operational strategies depending on the environment in which they are. But in doing so, to be really careful that your values are enduring and never changing. And knowing the difference between strategies and values is foundational to Jewish integrity. 